Welcome back to BS with Bethany Simcoe. I just downed an Alani and I am so ready for this episode, okay? I went live the other day and we got into a discussion about what I look for when it comes to a little boyfriend, like the yeses and the noes that I look for in a partner. And you guys loved it and you wanted me to do a podcast episode about it. So here we are. Now, let me tell you, I am a list girly. I love me a list. And my little notes app is literally my second brain. I'm pretty sure that thing knows me better than I do. And over the years, I have compiled a massive, and when I tell you it is like five pages long, single spaced on my red flags and my green flags in a partner. So I, I know exactly what I want, okay, to a fucking T. And every time I go through a breakup, every time I meet a new guy, I take their traits and I break them into what I did like, what I don't like, what I want to see moving forward. And do I have a physical type? Not really. Like most of these are very much emotional traits. But I'd say like my physical type is like tall, dark, handsome, like a very classic, very classically handsome guy. I feel like I do like a little tree I can climb, like give me all over that man. I want like big and beefy for the most part. But to be fair, a lot of the guys that I've been like more romantically involved with have been a little bit on like the more average to skinny side. So who's to know? I just want a man who is calm and warm and gentle, but also I want him to throw me around. Okay, ideally, I'd love to be thrown through a wall or two. Like, <laughs> we know the vibe that I'm going. Like, we know, okay? Plus, the amount that I go to the gym. Listen, if my biceps are bigger than theirs, heaven forbid, if my thighs are bigger than theirs, out, away with you. This is going to be fun to share because literally millions of you have been invested in my relationship with one Utah boy this year. So you guys have seen the ins, the outs, kind of what I've looked for. I I kept his identity private. I didn't show his face. I didn't really say his name. I didn't show much about him or his family or anything out of respect for him, but out of respect for myself as well, because when I'm in a relationship, that is something that I'm working hard to build on. That's someone that I am invested in. That's someone that I love. And I want it to be able to be something that I can truly invest in and I can truly focus on without wondering what the internet's going to say about it. And I want to be able to make sure that I can make the decision that I need to make, that I can rely on my intuition and not have to worry if someone on the internet's going to get mad at me for it. Or if you guys love him and are invested in him and I get rid of him and you get mad, or if you hate him and I go back and you get mad again, it doesn't matter because I rely on my intuition about things to make sure that I am the one choosing and participating in my relationship. So that's been a challenge for me this year because it's been so fun to share. But at the same time, People do get really, really fucking invested and they think that they know a fucking thing or two and then they go online and be anonymous and be super rude and just nasty and gross saying things that you would never say to a friend, to yourself, never say to anybody. Actually, that's a lie. The people that say rude things are probably saying them to themselves. And I just had the realization that anybody who has shit to say probably has been through the same situation as me. Because, you know, the relationship was fantastic. It was amazing. It was genuinely so much of what I was looking for. But anybody who has anything bad to say probably went through something like that and feels dumb about what happened. And to them, I honestly extend compassion because I know that's hard. And they want an outlet to try to remedy that situation, to try to put me down or put somebody else down to feel like they weren't so stupid, to feel like maybe they can 
do better the second time or, you know, atone for what they did in a way. So to them, I really do extend compassion. And to everybody else, like through that whole situation, I really do appreciate you coming along and being invested and having fun, but realizing at the end of the day, we are living separate lives. And this is my individual life and this is my decision. So I think that honestly, most everybody has been so wonderful about this. And it really has just felt like I have like this whole group chat of girlies to share my adventures with. You guys have seen a lot of my romantic relationships and what I look for. And I really haven't been romantically interested in anybody except like one person in the past year. And a little bit about my dating history. Okay, let's dive in because I was a serial dater in like high school, college. No, when I tell you it was bad, I was dating 23 year olds at 17. Like that was a normal Friday night for me. Like if I was going out with a 23 year old, just like after the game, like, oh yeah, just go meet up with one. And that went really badly for me at one point. So if you know this story, you know the story, but I grew up, I mean, we have to get into the daddy issues. Like we have to just dive right in to the daddy issues first and foremost. Okay, let's just not beat around the bush. I did not have a great relationship with my father at all growing up. So I definitely looked for that love in other guys, especially as a young girl. I was on Tinder at 16 years old. Okay, I was banned from Tinder at the ripe old age of 16 because I was just searching for a father figure in any old dude, literally old dude. And it really did get me into trouble. So if you're a younger girl that's like, oh my God, I'm just so misunderstood. And this is something I'm passionate about because I've always felt older than I am. I always felt more mature than my age. I've always felt like I had to grow up really fast. And with that, I didn't feel like any of the guys in my high school could really understand me. I didn't feel like I related to them. I didn't feel like I connected to them. I didn't really feel interested in them. So then I went after older guys. And again, that got me into a really sad, scary situation. So if you are someone in that situation, I would just say, ride it out, okay? You probably are more mature than those guys in high school. You probably have your shit together. But um, these 23-year-olds who are willing to go on a date with a 16, 17-year-old do not have their shit together. They are not any more emotionally intelligent. They are not any less weird than a high school boy because now being only like I'm 21 now I'm thinking about being 21 and thinking about a 16 17 year old that's a fucking child disgusting I didn't mean to go down that rabbit hole but that's something I'm like passionate about that gives you a little bit of context of like okay I grew up really fast I'm mature for my age like I'm aware of that I've got my shit together in a way that I'm not a lot of boys at 21 still I don't relate to them I'm still looking for older guys but I at least I'm not a minor and I understand now that age does not equal intelligence, does not equal safety. It does not mean they have your best interests in mind. And I'm learning to be more solidified in myself and build my success and fill my cup first that I'm not falling for someone just because of perceived age and maturity, things like that. So basically my dating history, I was just hopping around, going on little dates. And then in college, I was an absolute menace, okay? Honestly, still admire it. I'm like, I don't know how the fuck you had that much energy, but like pop off. So I worked nearly full-time. I went to school full-time. I was having my clothing around. Like I went over that all in the last episode. Like I was a busy bitch. I'd be up for classes at 8 a.m. And then I'd get off work at 10 p.m. And then after work, most nights I would have a date. Some nights, if it was a weekend or if I was feeling spicy, I'd have two dates. And they wouldn't be anything crazy. We'd just like go grab food or we'd just go talk or we'd just go hang out. But like I was getting to know so many guys 
Because A, I didn't really feel like I had a whole lot of friends I could relate to. Again, I think that's something I've always, oh my God, we're going on another rabbit hole, but that's what we're here for. This podcast is just one giant fucking rabbit hole. But I've always like had a hard time relating to people sometimes. So I prefer one-on-one conversations. Like I don't really do friend groups. I really prefer one-on-one solid connections, solid friendships. So going on dates is so natural for me. Like I love it because it's someone I can just sit and talk to. Like honestly, I really enjoyed getting to know so many people and just sitting down with a person and just talking to them and learning about them. And that was fun for me. But at the same time, like it also got me a lot of experience knowing a guy. Like I can place a guy pretty quickly after one date of knowing, do they have potential? Do they have what I want? Are they going to treat me the way I want to? Are they emotionally intelligent? Are they mature? I can place them pretty quickly because I've met so many of them. So like literally sometimes I'd be dropped off from one day and then go on the next. And sometimes I was making out with them. Sometimes I was just talking to them. It was hanging out with a bunch of people. So I credit that for a lot of my experience when it comes to dating, for a lot of the knowledge that I have when it comes to guys. Like I can read a guy forward, backwards, sideways, inside out, sometimes better than they can read them fucking selves. Just because I've seen it over and over again. Like they are all the fucking same, except for when they're not. I can really tell when I'm like, okay, you have got potential. You've worked on yourself. There's something here. But they all do operate from a very similar standpoint. And then when I was 18, I got my first like real boyfriend. And it's so funny because I was dating older guys, but this guy was actually younger than me, which is wild because I didn't know that. This makes me giggle. I'm like talking all this shit as if I know guys inside out, backwards, forwards, whatever. And this guy fully lied to me about his age for like our first two or three dates. I thought he was 18. No, this man was 17 years old and still in high school. Now I was the creepy one being out of high school and he was still in high school. To be fair, we were like, four, five months apart, but still it makes me laugh. So I look back on this as partly what the fuck was I doing and partly, you know what? It's a really good thing I was in that relationship because I really feel like I needed some sort of stability, some sense of calm in my life because 2020 is the year that I went off to college. The beginning of 2020 in February is the time where that really bad situation went down with that older guy. You can kind of figure out what I'm insinuating. And from there, I do feel like I spiraled a little bit, especially in September of 2020. I was in another really bad situation. And this time I didn't have a support system around me. I was away at college. I didn't really tell anybody about what happened. And from there, I think that's really when I kind of spiraled. But I've always known that I wanted princess treatment. I've always known that I wanted someone who was very aware of their emotions, very much wanted to provide for me, to take care of me and our future family. Like I've always known the kind of man that I want, but I haven't really had much example to look at. The one example I've shared is my brother-in-law, Mike, and he's been in my life since I was like 10. I've seen the way that he dated my sister and the way that he was so kind to me and kind to her. They've lived in like Georgia and Texas. They haven't been around as much like when I was growing up. But sometimes when they visit, like I would see them. And I've shared that story of Mike. When I had that Sodalicious cup, if you don't know what Sodalicious is, it's just like a soda shop in Utah. Anyways, I accidentally spilled it all over his dad's brand new truck. He was so calm. He was so cool and collected. He was worried about me, not the car, making sure I was okay. He wasn't angry at all. He helped me in such a calm manner. And I was like, okay, I see that and I want that. I saw the way he provided for her. Like I've always known that I wanted a top tier man because I've always known that I wanted to be a top tier kind of person. 
We talked about this in my last episode too. Like I've always known the kind of bitch I want to be. So when I met this guy, he was really sweet. He would like surprise me with a little breakfast date and he loved taking little pictures of me. Like anything a little 18 year old would want, right? Like just, I thought it was cutie. It was a nice, fun, innocent enough relationship. It lasted about eight months. And from the very beginning, I remember telling my mom, I was like, I know this is someone that I want to end up with. I know this isn't like a future husband kind of thing. And trust me, I know it sounds bonkers to say husband at the ripe old age of 18, but you have to understand, we're in Utah at this point, okay? I'm living in Happy Valley, Utah Valley, okay, Provo area, where everybody is married at like 19, 20. I've had multiple friends get married at 17, which there's absolutely nothing wrong with. It's just the culture. It's just more normal. People mature at a different rate. It's crazy to see, actually, the difference between people maturing in Utah and the people who have matured outside of Utah. The difference is kind of bizarre, but it really is so normal to get married anywhere from like 17 to 21. Most people in that age range are gonna be married. Maybe it just seems like most people because you just see so many of them, but it really is a lot of people, 17, 18 to like 21, 22, that age range. Very, very common for people to settle down there. By the time they're 23, it's totally normal to have a kid. So at 18, it wasn't too crazy for me to be looking at him and being like, is this someone I can spend the rest of my life with? Is this someone I want to marry? But I've also kind of always known that I didn't really want to be a young bride. I've wanted to explore the world. I want to see what I can do. I want to see what's out there for me and settle down later. But I was trying to see if there's potential in this guy. Like the princess treatment was, it was there for the most part. Like I would say it was pretty much there. But a lot of this relationship gave me experience for what I know I do not want. And he was cute in the way that I told you guys in the last episode how he like gave me $50 when I lost my job. And I was like, I can't wait to provide for us and like our future family. There were some points when I was like, you know what, like I could really see myself marrying this guy. But I think in the back of my head, I always knew it was just kind of a means to an end. Good thing I had that mindset because he ended up going off to college and cheating on me two days later. So perfect slay. Love that. Princess treatment right there. But honestly, I kind of knew that he was going to cheat on me. And I'll get into that in a little bit. Like there's ways that I knew. I'm not saying you can always know, but like I definitely knew that was a possibility. And so moving forward, I added things on the list that I had noticed to my no list or to my yes list. And then Moving forward, I didn't really date anybody else for quite some time. We broke up in August of 2021, and then I moved to Texas in March of 2022. And I was so determined to not date anybody, to not be in a relationship. I didn't want any sort of man in my life, but I ended up meeting Clocklet Boy through a friend. That thing kind of happened. It was three months of getting to know each other, wanted to see if it was a relationship we were going to pursue. And then kind of at the point where we decide, do we dive into this relationship? Do we not? I was like, absolutely the fuck not. Get me out of here. And he is another reason for a lot of my absolutely nots on my no list. And then I met a guy right after that who I only talked to for about a month, but it was such a stark contrast between Clocklet Boy and this other dude. He was so kind. He was so gentle. He had so much going for him. He was very settled into who he was. There was a lot of goodness there. Like he was a very good, gentle, kind person. And we only talked for about a month, but it really showed me what it was like to be loved gently. And it kind of opened the door for me to be like, okay, like this really does exist. I, I was definitely sad when we stopped talking because that was something that could have been interesting to explore. But that was in maybe October-ish. And then November, December, I was like, no, 
fuck this. Like, I don't want any men in my life. So I hadn't, you know, officially dated anybody since 2021. So I guess it'd been like a year since me and my ex broke up. But again, it was only eight months. So I'd never really been in like a true long-term relationship. But I knew that I had what it took to work on one if I found someone worthy of working on it with. Because everyone I met was just kind of like, eh, like you're fine, but I'm going to outwork you. I'm going to outdo you. In five years, I'm going to have to leave you behind because I'm going to have grown so much and you're going to stay stagnant. Like I'm going to have to drag you the fuck along with me because you're not going to grow at the same pace as me. And I was like, I just don't think I can find somebody that can keep up that wants as big of a life as I do. And trying to find a guy that will keep up is surprisingly hard. Like, I'm sure you guys have noticed this. You're like, why are we crusty? Why are we, why do I have to drag you out of bed? I'm sorry, what happened to you providing for me? Why am I now your mother? So then in December, this random guy that I had matched with in Austin in June, he messaged me. We had a date. We were supposed to go on in June. I kind of ghosted him. I was like, no, no, no. Like, I'm in my single girl era. I really didn't really want to talk to anybody. I was in between things with like Clocklet Boy. And I was like, no, no, leave me alone. He messaged me two weeks before I came up to Utah. And he was like, hey, if you're in Utah, I'd love to take you out. I don't want this to be another bad story to tell your friends. We can either do this date idea, this date idea, or this date idea. I think it was like a jazz game, a painting class, and like ice skating or something. Maybe it was like top golf. And he's like, I'd love to give you a call before we meet if you are available so we can get to know each other. Make sure that you're comfortable with me before you meet me. And I was like, okay, that was actually very sweet, very forward, and very concise. Like I thought it was a very gentleman-like thing to do. And then we went on a date and that man is Utah boy. Okay, so you guys know that whole fucking story. But honestly, going into this, I was very emotionally scarred from Clawclip Boy because so many of the things that him and I had experienced and the things that had been brought up were past traumas from my dad that I was subconsciously trying to recreate, trying to resolve. So it felt like all of this very raw, very dark, very scared emotion had just been brought up and I was still very much healing from it. It was a lot of narcissistic abuse. I only had to experience that relationship for three months and that abuse for three months. And it's been so fucking weird because it makes me freak out that he's, I don't know. Anybody who's been through that knows that it's like, it's a scary thing to identify because you think they're just gonna fucking laugh at you for even saying that, for being like, oh really, was it so hard for you? Like, you know what I'm saying. So it really was just recreating things from my childhood with my dad into a new relationship. So all of those fears and all that abandonment and all of those like not good enough, all of those you should stay quiet, all of those you're asking for too much was in my head. So when I met Utah boy, I was scared out of my fucking mind. I was remember telling my therapist, I was like, listen, He's got all the traits that I want on paper, but I'm so scared because being in a relationship means pain. Being in a relationship means that I will get my heart broken. This will hurt. And I'm only going to come away from this with more trauma. I really felt like a shell of myself after being with Claw Clip Boy. And I was just not ready to feel that way again. So she just encouraged me to keep my heart open, to lean into it and see what there was to see. And from that, I learned so much about what I want in a future partner. So I had been gathering all these no's and all these yeses. And from this, I gathered a lot of yeses. So as I'm going through this list, I'm going to be pulling 
examples and info from all these relationships, but a lot of them are going to be from Utah boys. So I just want to, you know, prep you for that one because truly it was an incredible experience. It ended in a very controversial way, but while it lasted, it did show me a lot about what I want in a future partner. So enough chit chat. Let's get into the red flags and green flags that I look for in a partner. Starting out with the red flags. Okay, this is kind of entertaining to me. Sometimes I have no sympathy for men because I'm like, really? Is that so hard for you? Like turning it right back on them, being like, oh, the system's rigged in your favor. Is that so hard? Because when a man complains, oh my gosh, like, did you know suicide rates are higher in guys? That is absolutely bonkers because do you know who's putting so much pressure on them and is not letting them open up emotionally? The other men. Oh, not getting into that. Here are the red flags. Number one, having to repeat a boundary several times. I don't care if this is a sexual boundary, physical boundary, an emotional boundary. Example here is Clocklet Boy. I said, hey, I need time to get my work done. You can't just show up at my house in the middle of the day. I've got shit to do. I've got a career I'm building. And then at 11 a.m. when I'm working away on my computer, I get a knock on my door. He shows up and he just wants to hang out. And I'm like, I adore that for you. But I've got, I don't know if you don't have a home. Are you homeless? Why are you in my house? That was a boundary that I would communicate several times. I'm like, let's be more intentional with the time that we spend with each other. If you'd like to see me, you're more than welcome to ask me on a date. But you can't just show up on my doorstep, okay? Because then I get distracted. I hang out with him. I wouldn't get anything done. Things like that. Like that's a boundary that if I have to communicate that several times and you continue to disrespect that and you continue to push that, that's an absolute no for me. Number two is an alcoholic who can't have fun without drinking or drinks under the guise of like having fun. If they go out and they can't help but get drunk in order to have fun, that to me is an alcoholic who won't admit it. You know, I don't want that in a future husband. I don't want that in a partner or on the flip side, like someone who consistently relies on or consistently partakes in substances and doesn't know how to relax without it, doesn't know how to have fun without it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think they're rather fun every once in a while. And I think you can have a lot of fun together. But if it's something that in their personal life, they're consistently relying on and they can't function without it or they don't know how to relax without it, whether it's like alcohol, edibles, whatever it is, it sounds like there's some coping that we're not doing. Okay, number three is porn. And this is how I knew my ex was going to cheat on me because he fully admitted to having to watch a little something something, get one off every night before bed, or he couldn't sleep. Okay, that's a porn addiction. And that's how I knew he was going to cheat on me. In the back of my mind, I was like, he's constantly looking at other women, constantly getting off to other women. It is only a matter of time before that escalates to another woman because it's okay in his head for him to look at someone else to get that emotion consistently from someone else. And listen, if we are apart for a long time and you need a little something, something to help you out, go for it, my guy. Do what you got to do. But if this is a consistent thing, if this is a thing that you're relying on, SOS. Okay. Red flag. Leave me out of it. I don't want any part of this because it's truly, first of all, they're going to be dysfunctional with you because they're not going to be able to emotionally connect with you in the way that they need to. They're going to be so conditioned to looking at other women, so conditioned to having multiple girls come across their screen. It's just something that is such a nasty energy to me. And the things that they're exposed to aren't real life. Like, don't get me wrong, it's fun to experiment with things, but porn is so disconnected from emotion. It's so disconnected from reality that it's just icky to me. So anybody that consistently watches porn and sees nothing wrong with it, you know what, if they are working on it, that's fine. But 
if they're just like, yeah, this is where I chill out. No, 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 leave me out of this. But at the same time, even if they are working on it, I want to not touch that until they are over it. And I know that sounds harsh, but for me, any sort of addiction, this is number four, any sort of addiction is an absolute huge no for me. Whether that's porn, whether that's vaping, whether that's alcohol, I don't care what it is. Any sort of addiction to me is an absolute no. I, this is just so personal, okay? Do not yell at me. This is just personal. I know this is harsh in some ways, but I know what I want for my life. And I don't allow addictions into my life. If I'm going to trust somebody with my life, I will not allow addictions into my life via somebody else. Because if they're my partner, their life is directly entwined with my life. And I don't want their addictions to be something that we are battling together because I have not allowed addictions into my life. And if they don't have the self-control to break away from that, to not allow it to control their lives, how am I supposed to trust them with my life? Also, it's a pretty clear indicator to me that they are not on the same level as me when it comes to their health, their mindset, and we're just not gonna be compatible long-term. So that goes into number five, which is no discipline or self-control. Because again, if they can't control their own lives, I am not trusting them with mine. And they're clearly not on the level that I am because I put a lot of value in discipline and self-control because I know that that leads to further success. I know that leads to further happiness. If I can limit the things that I know are fun in the short term, but miserable in the long term, so that I can have things that are fun and enjoyable and joyful in the long term, I want someone who can also have that perspective. So if they have no self-control and they are just simply living for the pleasures of the moment and simply living for nothing else matters. Like I'm just in the moment, like partying, like no self-control, sleeping in constantly. That is a no for me because again, they clearly are not on the same track as I am. Or if they like fall into peer pressure, it's like, sorry, babe, like the buddies were drinking. I just couldn't help it. I just got fucking wasted and I threw up everywhere. Get out of my sight. That is embarrassing. Don't come home. Go find somewhere else. Sleep on the street. I don't want it. Okay, number six, men who played a sport and never went pro. Get me out. Literally banging on the doors. Okay, SOS. It just turns me off in the worst way because they're always going to be stuck in the past. They're going to be like, oh, but my knee, bro. But my hip, I could have gone pro. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, fucking cry me a river and get over it. Leave me alone. It's just so embarrassing. Every single time, I coulda gone pro. Mm-mm. Nope, next. Okay, number seven, the tortured artist. Bro, I do not care. Men are not that complex. Nobody gets me like you do, Bethany. The amount of times that I've heard that, the amount of times that you have heard that, what is with the men? Nobody gets me like you do. Brother, get a therapist. Are you joking me? You're not complex. You just think you are. You just think there's so much going on in your mind that no one could ever understand. You just need to go to a fucking therapist and solve your mommy issues. I'm working on my daddy issues. So get your mommy issues on lock because I'm not carrying both parent issues. I don't want to hear it. You're just so different from other girls. That is the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. Okay, first of all, no, I'm not. I'm the exact same. I'm probably worse. That phrase in and of itself is such a red flag because that means that they think that you're not going to cry if they say something mean. That means that they don't think that you're actually going to have emotion or that you're going to be normal around your period, huh? Babe, if you fucking met me on the third week of my period, I will make your life a living hell. Leave me alone. Leave me out of this. But yeah, that tortured artist, misunderstood, emo boy, whatever you want to call him, leave me alone. Okay, number eight is men who comment on women's body or clothing or anything. I remember this one time. Oh my days. Clockwork boy was just like, so gross about this. And anybody that thinks that women can't be successful 
without using their bodies. Like there was this woman who was like walking past us with like a Fendi shopping bag and was getting into her little Porsche. And he goes, oh, I wonder who she fucked to get that. I wanted to punch him in the head. I should have punched him in the head because that's so gross. And like men that think like that, that think A, in order for a girl to get something nice, she either has to fuck somebody or be born into it. That's just disgusting to me. Or be like, oh, she probably sold her bot, like sold da-da-da. I don't think there's anything, A, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a valid source of income. But B, it's not the only source of income. Girls can be rich without it. Girls can be successful in the exact same ways that men can be successful. And just any man that has that kind of misogyny, literally run away, literally move to a different continent, put him in jail, incarcerate all men 2024. You know what I'm saying? It gives me the grossest vibes. Number nine, obsessed with their male friends or they're like a guy's guy, especially like a frat bro. Anybody who's ever been in a frat is like immediately an orange flag to me. It's like, okay, most likely you're going to be not what I want, but there's a small chance that you could have some redeeming qualities. Anytime that they have that mindset of like, oh, Saturdays are for the boys. You're like, I'd rather be with my buddies. I'd rather hop on the game with my buddies, which we'll talk about video games in a goddamn second. There's a difference between prioritizing their personal relationships and being in love with their guy friends, okay? The men who are just fucking obsessed with how their male friends think, who are obsessed with being insanely masculine in their guy friend's eyes is icky to me. And I know they're never gonna give me the treatment that I deserve and the respect that I deserve because they are so worried about being a man to other men rather than a man to the woman that they're with. Number 10, indecisive. Babe, if I wanted to not know where I was going to eat today, I would have stayed home. Okay, you wanted to take me out. Where do you want to eat? You decide. I don't fucking know. I'm going to be happy wherever we go. And any man who's like, I want a girl who knows where she wants to eat. Miss me with that. I want a man who just shows up with food or tells me we're going to go here. If you have a difference of opinion, let me know because I will let him know if I hate it. I'll let him know. But it gets to a point where it's like, just decide. Okay, just let me relax when I'm with you. I want to just shut my brain off and live in fairy tale land with you and be so in love and choose the goddamn place we're going and let's go get Chick-fil-A or let's go get Chinese. I don't care. Just don't make me decide. Or here's an idea. Give me three options and I'll decide from one. Okay, but a man who's just like, I don't know, what do you want? I don't know, what do you want? I'm just like so dry. It's like brittle down there. And I have a funny story from when I was in Mexico with Utah boy because A, he was so kind and gentle in the situation. But B, I also just wanted him to make a fucking decision. So we were walking around Playa del Carmen and I was so hungry. And one thing about me is when I get hungry, my blood sugar drops so fast and I become a literal zombie. I can't make a decision. I can't think straight. I can't form fucking sentences. My brain shuts off. I'm in Delulu land. I don't even exist. I swear to God. So we are walking around Playa del Carmen for like an hour just trying to decide where I want to eat. And this was on Valentine's Day, okay? It was like our Valentine's Day lunch. That's always a big deal, right? You got breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You can't mess any of them up. It's got to be like the perfect day. So he's just like, I want you to go wherever you want to go. I'm happy to eat whatever you want to eat. I just want you to be happy with it. So we walked around and I, I don't like Mexican food, which is hysterical because we were in Mexico and everywhere we went was either Italian or Mexican. And I don't like either Italian or Mexican, especially when I'm in that mood where I'm starving and nothing sounds good. Because if you know what I'm talking about, you know, like when your blood sugar drops and nothing sounds appetizing, but you're fucking starving. So that's where I was. And I was just like, no, no, no. Everything you suggested. No, everything that we passed. No. 
So he sat with me for an hour as we walked around. I guess he walked with me, not sat with me. And so I finally decided on a random place. And part of me was like, I wish that he would have just made a fucking decision. And the other part of me was like, thanks for, you know, making sure that I loved where he went and giving me time to decide. But still, make a decision. You know, like at that point, nothing sounds good and I'm grumpy. So let's just get it over with. But also, I just love a guy who can voice his opinion. If I'm like, hey, should we do this or this? Or do you like this or this? And they say that. I just eat that shit up. I'm like, ooh, do it again. I like it. Make another decision. Let's buy a house together. So number 11 red flag is rides a motorcycle. Okay, these kind of all go together because rides a motorcycle. Number 12 is in the military. Number 13 is manual labor. Number 14 is crypto. Number 15 is video games. And to sum that all up is number 16, anger issues. How do those all correlate? It's giving ego, okay? I don't like men with an ego. I like confident, secure men, but men with something to prove is an immediate ick for me. Any guy who rides a motorcycle, I feel like they just got something to fucking prove. I don't know what it is, but it just is giving small dick. It's giving, I can't make a decision. It's giving, I want the men to be in love with me. I'd almost rather them have a big old jacked truck than like a motorcycle sometimes. And a lot of times people who ride motorcycles have anger issues and I can't explain it, but they do. And also military, okay? Lots of things going on here. A, I don't want that lifestyle. No, thank you. B, they can't make a decision because they're always being told left foot, right foot, go here, go here. And C, they've got an ego. A lot of times I feel like guys in the military, I think maybe I'm specifically thinking like army, but like I've just interacted with them enough to be like, no, like, first of all, why do you want to go kill people? Why are you enlisting? Why are you willingly doing that? B, it just... The ego every goddamn time. The anger issues every goddamn time come out to play. So the lifestyle, the anger, the ego, zero out of 10 for all of it. I will not date somebody in the military. I might mess around. I might have a little fun with the Navy men here in Hawaii. But no, stay away from me. I'm not marrying you. I will not date you. Number 13 is manual labor. I grew up watching my dad work manual labor and I saw how exhausted he was when he got home from work. I saw how grumpy it made him. He just was a shell of himself when he came home and I can't marry someone like that. Like I can't marry someone and then have them gone for such long hours and then when they're actually home, they're just exhausted and then everyone's tired and pissed off and they have to work so hard to make so little. I will not live that life moving forward. So that's a big no for me. Again, they're also surrounded by a ton of guys and they kind of have that guys, guys mentality sometimes. They've got those anger issues sometimes. Just a lot of like toxic masculinity that I just don't fuck with. And I just like me a little white collar finance dude that can work around the house, okay? All you gotta be able to do is just like some basic faucet fixing. If you can throw up some siding, that'd be fantastic. But as long as we've got our plumber on speed dial and enough money to pay for whatever remodel we need, we're golden. Okay, but number 14 was crypto and a guy who's like obsessed with crypto part of me wants to cry part of me wants to like giggle like oh my god that's so girly pop of you how are your webkins doing in there are they growing are you feeding them that's so cute stop okay it just freaked me out like i just their vibe is so weird and they're always just so fucking weird about money anyways 15 guys who play video games again what's with the anger issues with guys that play video games what is happening i grew up tiptoeing on eggshells around people with anger issues, around men with anger issues, around people who couldn't control their emotions. And I will not play mother. I will not play that anymore. I will not play the walking on eggshells game. I just want out of it. 
also video games, like they just get so distracted by it. Like it becomes an addiction a lot of times. It becomes an area of escape where they don't want to think about their problems. And there's a difference between them spending some time with the guys, spending time with people that they love on it. But I feel like if it's a consistent thing, it just is gross to me. Okay, it just doesn't scream mature. It doesn't scream provider. What it screams to me is violent and a little lazy. And you're 30 years old and you spent 10 hours on this game this week alone. Like that's 10 hours that we could have been exploring a life together. Listen, I, I get it. If like my dream man comes along and he wants to play a little something something every once in a while with some buddies he doesn't get to see very often or if that's his like outlet that he just really adores and can do it in a very healthy way, fine. I get it. I think it's important to have friends you can do hobbies with. And if that's your little fucking hobby, not ideal, but we can talk about it. But that guy that I did date, like the little eight-month relationship, he was such a little gamer. And I was like, I'm literally in your bed. There's literally a gorgeous, beautiful, ethereal woman in your bed. And you are playing a game, screaming, talking to your buddies, feet propped up on the desk. Like, I am icked out. Please, that's just gross. It's weird. It makes you feel abandoned. It makes you question your own worth in a way because you're like, why are we not connecting? There's no quality time here. Just icky. And to sum that up, number 16, right? The anger issues. The second I even have a hint of anger, okay? Whether it is road rage. They've got like just too much um behind their road rage to the point where you're like, oh my God, like that was actually a little scary. Or any sort of like anger or fear-inducing behaviors, it is only a matter of time before that escalates and I am out of there. Okay, number 17, political views. Just don't be an asshole. Okay, it's not too hard. We don't have to agree on every fucking point. I think it's fun to have discussion, but I think we should agree on 98% of the points. Just in general, don't be an asshole. People's decisions are none of your business and be kind. Number 18, thinks princess treatment is quote unquote gold digging. Shut up because every man that I've ever met that used the term gold digging, I make more than them. It's always the broke guys that want to say gold digging because they're so insecure about not having money that they're like, oh, you just want me for money. You don't want me for my other trait. No, I want a bitch who can provide because if I wanted a bestie, I'd go make a bestie. I want a husband, provider, partner for life. Number 19, makes fun of my career in social media. Oh, how's your little social media? How's your little TikTok? And we're done. The second thing is, how's your little business? How's your little podcast? Shut up and leave me alone. I don't like being belittled. It also makes it so hard for me to thrive and for me to focus and for me to take it seriously if they're not taking it seriously. Having that voice in your head is just gonna take it down a notch every single time. Number 20, lives at home with no actual plan to move out. Yeah, I'm gonna move out. I'm gonna buy a house. I'm just saving money on rent so I can buy a house. The market's just so bad right now. Mm-mm. No, that's a lack mindset. We don't fuck with that in a husband. We don't, mm-mm. no thank you. But listen, if they're living at home taking care of their mom or their sick dad, that makes sense. I get that. That's a legit reason. But if they're not there without a legit reason or a legit plan to get out, miss me with that immediately. I want a man with a house. I want a man with a mortgage. Bare minimum, his own apartment. Another red flag for me, just like an unofficial one, roommates. I won't date a man with roommates. I can pay for my own shit. I don't have roommates. Why do you? I love this. I love being a little hater. This is so fun. Okay, 21 calls sitting and watching TikToks for hours. Quality time. If you're just like hanging out, doing a little carcass time together where you're just like shutting your brains off and just laying around and watching TikTok, I love that. That's so fun, but that's not quality time. That's just doing nothing together. Quality time is so different and that doesn't get to be counted as 
oh yeah, we had some quality time. We're spending lots of time together. We just watched a movie. We watched TikToks. That's kind of quality time, but that's not going to flow a relationship. And if they think that that is all that's required, then that's not going to give me the relationship that I want. So 22, won't carry his weight around the house. This is cooking, cleaning, laundry. That's not my job, okay? I learn to do cooking, cleaning, laundry, chores on my own, in my own life. And you should learn how to do that on your own, in your own life. And then we come together and figure out how to best share that in a way that makes sense. But it's not my job, especially with children. If he's not someone that would carry his weight with children or thinks that children are my job to take care of, and thinks that he didn't contribute equally 50-50 DNA to that child, we are parents, plural, not just parent, me. If you, you better know where they go to school. You better know their teachers' names. You better know the route to get there. And you better prioritize the time to get to know your offspring, your child, this thing that you created and love. Like, that is so unbelievably bare minimum. I would love a man who was like, I want to coach my son's soccer team. I want to make sure I'm there at every single gymnastics practice cheering my girly pop on. I want a man who is so excited to show up for me and his children. Okay, number 23, avoidant attachment. I've said enough. Okay, avoidant attachment. No, no, ma'am. Secure only. Even I'd rather have anxious. I'd almost rather have like an anxiously attached cutie little guy than an avoidant one. Okay, absolutely not. I'm only going to end up with somebody with a secure attachment. I know that for a fact. But you know what? An anxious attachment can be adorable for like two seconds, but an avoidant attachment makes you want to throw up. Get out of here. I want to feel safe in this relationship. So anything avoidant is just so gross to me. Number 24, disrespectful of exes or past flings. Like either A, treated them disrespectfully or talks about them disrespectfully. Because if you're talking about other girls disrespectfully, like I know that's going to be me next. There's no difference between me and your past girlfriend, except for that I've got a different name. I'm a different human. Like the way that he treats his exes and the way he speaks about them speaks volumes about where this is going for me. And this is a very hot take, but I actually don't mind a guy talking about his ex at all. I prefer it. I prefer to get to know what's going on in his mind when it comes to how he treated his ex, if he regrets anything that he did, what he learned from it how he was treated, if he learned anything from how he was treated. Like, I love learning from those situations because that person was such a big part of your life for such a long time that I think it's naive to pretend that you can't talk about that. Like, you've learned so much from that situation. Let's talk about what you've learned. Let's talk about what you want to establish moving forward. I honestly don't think, like, you should pretend that ex didn't exist. That's not to say that comparing to an ex is fine. Like, that's a completely different road. But I think speaking about lessons and growth around that is healthy. But when they're disrespectful of them, you know it's only a matter of time before that's you. Before they're like, oh, this crazy bitch. Yeah, no, you, he's just turning these bitches psycho because he's psycho. We have no other choice, okay? We're fighting for our lives on the battlefield out here. And all of a sudden, we're the crazy ones. Girl, we already know. Any guy who calls a girl crazy... I'm like, okay, so basically stay 50 feet away from you at all times. Noted. 25, isn't nice to people he's close with or talks badly about people he's close with. So this kind of comes into like the exes thing. It's showing you a lot about who he is, showing you about how he's going to treat you when he's close to you, showing how comfortable he gets, like how he gets when he's not on his best behavior. So if he's rude to the people that he's close with, you know that it's only a matter of time before he kind of lets down his best behavior and becomes too comfortable and becomes rude. And 
just speaks negatively about you and the people he's around. And that's just an energy trainer. And 26 complains. Okay, a man who complains. How was work, babe? Oh, it was so fucking hard, bro. Like these people on the roads were just in my way. And like, oh my gosh, it's giving victim complex. Like my boss just has it out for me, dude. No, it's giving victim. Okay, you are a victor in your life, not a victim. Like if I can have that mindset, he should have that mindset. Clocklet boy would do this so badly. He'd just be like, dude, do you not see these dumbasses in front of me? Like, I swear I just like attract them. I swear they just like have it out for me. And that's just so gross. I'm like, ew, literally ew. That's so gross. Like they really think the world revolves around them to the point where everyone's just trying to make their life so hard. And it's just gonna nag on your brain over and over and over and all that negativity and that complaining. And he just doesn't have any self-initiative and he can't take any accountability for his life. So huge red flag. Number 27, disordered eating. Hot take, but I have dealt with enough of an eating disorder that I can't help somebody out of theirs on a day-to-day basis. I need somebody who already has a healthy relationship with food because it is far too easy for me to fall back into disordered eating habits. It's far too easy for me to get in my head about eating if I see somebody else that's in their head about eating on a day-to-day basis. If we're living together, if we're constantly together, it's just I can't carry my weight and theirs at the same time. Like whether I like it or not, it will get internalized. Like I'll see that they're being disordered in their eating thoughts and I will start to reconsider mine and it's going to be way too hard for me to continue on my journey of recovery if I'm also trying to be around somebody else that's in their own journey. And you know what? Maybe a lot of times guys that have disordered eating habits aren't aware that they have disordered eating habits. And if they're constantly talking about food and they're constantly like bulking or cutting or weird things that they just can't seem to find a normal pattern of eating, I just can't be constantly around that. Okay, 28 doesn't like their job, especially if they work for somebody else. This kind of goes along with complaining, but if they just really hate what they do, it's going to take a toll on me and the relationship because they're going to hate what they do. They're going to come home drained. Their cup isn't going to be filled. And no matter how much I fill my cup, I can't also continue to fill their cup if they hate what they do, if they come home drained, if they're constantly looking for a way out, if they're constantly unhappy with what they're doing and coming home from work pissed off and not excited to wake up and go to work. And it just sounds like such an energy drainer. And if I'm working so hard in my life to find something to do that I love, if I'm working so hard in my career to make sure it aligns with me and I love it and it lights me up, I can't deal with somebody who's not going to do the same for their life. Like I can't deal with them being all sad and pissed off. And again, you see what I mean? Like this lack of emotional intelligence is just such a theme for me. Guys who just are so not aware of the amount of weight that their emotions have, they're not aware of their own ability to take control of their situation, and they just don't love what they do. And they, they don't put in the work to find things that light them up, and it takes a toll on the relationship. Okay, 29, likes an innocent girl or doesn't like a girl with a lot of sexual experience. Once a guy says he likes an innocent girl, I immediately want to scream and run for the hills. Like, that is so icky. That's so gross. That is code for, I want a girl that's easy to manipulate. I want a girl that's not going to call me out on my bullshit. I want a girl that's not going to call me out on our red flags. I want a girl that's not going to have standards. I want a girl that's not going to make me work hard. I want a girl that's not going to make me provide. I want a girl that's going to let me sit back, put my feet up, put the game on, put a show on, and do fucking nothing while she's mentally struggling, while she's trying to figure out her own emotions and carry the weight of both of our emotions. Like, do you see how this spirals so fast? I want an innocent girl means I want a girl who doesn't know shit so I don't have to do anything. 
So there's no expectations. And that, mm-mm, no, ma'am. And it's just gross and icky because why do you want an innocent girl that's a child? Why are you interested in children? Call the police. Equally, doesn't like a girl with sexual experience, whether that's because of a moral bias or because they just don't want to pick up their game in the fucking bedroom. Like, dude, I'm sorry that I know what I want and I'm sorry that you're not going to cut it. And any man that makes you feel any sort of shame or any sort of guilt or fear or makes you feel dirty in any sort of way for having sexual experience is a man that doesn't value your independence, is a man that wants to own you. That's a man that isn't solid enough in himself and he feels like he needs to have ownership over a woman or he feels like he's entitled to ownership or quote-unquote purity of a woman and he's entitled to your sexuality honestly a mature man would be so hyped about you having sexual experience because you know what you want he's able to learn what pleases you he's able to learn what you like and you guys are able to explore that further together and he's able to know that you're in the right mind to make a decision that yes You're who I want for the rest of my life because I've experimented, I've explored, and I know exactly what I want, and it's this. You hit ABC criteria. I know who you are. I know what I want. This is one thing with Utah Boy and I, as we've both explored extensively in our personal lives, and we both knew exactly what we wanted. So when we did have that chemistry, it was fantastic in every aspect, you know, emotional, physical, mental, all the aspects we had explored, we knew what we wanted. So a man that A, wants an innocent girl or B, wants a girl who hasn't experimented or has no experience sexually is just a lazy, insecure dude. Okay, number 30. Also, as we're getting into this, I don't think we're gonna have time for any of the yeses. That's gonna have to be a completely different episode because we're already coming up on like an hour of recording time. When I edit, it might go down a little bit, but bitch, I've got a lot to say. I know exactly what I don't want in these men. Okay, they're crusty. They're coming out of the woodwork. But anyways, number 30 has a bad relationship with his family. This is a tough red flag because it's not always his fault. But again, this is my list. This is my ideal husband. And I'm not saying that, hey, if there's a dude out there with a bad relationship with his family, that you have to drop him, that he has to feel bad about it. But for me in my life, I've got a dysfunctional family and I want to raise my children in a place that they can see what a functional family looks like. I want them to have an extended family side that they can go to where they know that they're going to be safe, they're going to be loved, they're going to be nurtured no matter what. Like there's not anything under the surface. I just really want them to experience that safe, healthy love. And I want to experience that. I want to witness that in another family. I don't want to have two tough family dynamics coming at each other. And I want him to be able to understand what it takes to put in the work to have a healthy family. So if he's got a bad relationship with his family, there are so many factors to that. There's maybe A, he's not doing what it takes to put in a good effort with his family and go to therapy and learn about his reactions towards people in his family and learn about how to understand other people's emotions or he's just being edgy or he's being weird or he's being rude to the people who raised him with no valid reasons. Like I adore and love my family and I want him to adore and love my family. But also if he has a bad relationship with his family, who's to say that he's not going to continue those dysfunctional behaviors and then create a bad relationship with my family? I want him to be able to converse and communicate in a very healthy and direct way because sometimes it gets intense and I need him to be able to handle that intensity and then we can go discuss it and communicate it in the comfort of our own home and he'll have a good family to model that communication after. So I just want a family and like an in-law family to be welcomed into that already has a great relationship with their son, has a great relationship with each other, 
because essentially I want to have a great relationship with them if they're going to be my family. So if he has a bad relationship with his family, then that's going to be my family one day. And I don't want to have a bad relationship with my family. Like we're all going to be family one day. He better get his shit together and learn to communicate. And the last one, number 31, is disrespecting women in any way. Again, I think we spoke about this earlier in, you know, doesn't think that women can succeed without using their bodies or without the help of a man or comments on their body or clothing or anything. But it really comes down to disrespecting them in any way. If I see that we are at a restaurant and he is disrespectful, even offhandedly to not even just the waiter, but any women around us, I want him to be respectful to all women. Like, I want him opening doors. I want him being a gentleman. I want him making sure that both me and my friends are taken care of if we're out and about, right? Like, being disrespectful to me, my friends, strangers, any women is a huge red flag because that is a direct result of what he thinks about women internally, right? That internalized misogyny is a no-go. That's not someone I'm going to build a healthy, beautiful life with because they're not going to view me as an equal partner. If they disrespect other women and view them as lesser than equal, then inherently he views me, a woman, as less than equal. Okay, you guys, we only got through one page of the five. That is insane. Oh my God. Okay, we just chit-chatted for so long. But honestly, I had a lot of fun with that. Like, I've been writing off this list since I was like 16 years old. So I hope that you enjoyed that because I'm going to be adding to it. Okay, you know already I'm going to be adding to this. I'm always adding to this because I know what I look for in my future self. And I know what I look for in my future relationship. And I firmly believe that all of us deserve that fairy tale love. So I think being aware of like what we do and don't look for in somebody is pivotal. Like that's a huge deal. I got a huge, huge list of green flags that I look for because while yes, it's so important to know the red flags that you don't look for. I think it's also really important to be able to identify when somebody comes into your life. Oh, you sexy little thing. You're exactly what I want. You check ABC boxes. It's not just, oh, you've avoided all my red flags. It's, no, you've fulfilled my hopes, my dreams, my desires, my fairytale love. You communicate with me. You work with me. I feel loved. I feel desired. I feel fulfilled. All those things. So let me know if you guys want the episode. And by let me know, I just mean... Let me know how soon you want that Green Flags episode because I can record it and get on it or I can give you guys a second to like digest this one because this is so fun to talk about. And honestly, I can't wait to find Mr. Dream Man that fulfills this criteria because he is going to be literally an angel walking the face of this planet and I already can't wait to meet him. Cook girlies, we do not settle. We are building our lives. We are living our lives. We are learning about ourselves until we find the person who is willing to step up for us, who has built their lives and put in as much effort as we have. And if there's one thing that an insecure man can do, it is tear down so much of that personal work, so much of the hard work, so much of the hard-earned self-esteem that we have put into ourselves. They can just tear it away so quickly just with their insecurity. So I think that's the main point of this list is a lazy and insecure guy. It's just something that I will avoid at all costs. So I also hope you guys got some inspo from this. If you're like, oh, my boyfriend ate shit, actually. Or this guy that I'm interested in actually hates women. That's so crazy. Maybe I should move on. Little things like that. You know, just the basics. But seriously, if you have any inspo from this, let me know. I want to know what you guys think and what you you guys look for and like your red flags because we are just truly here to be treated like the little princesses that we are or the little princes or just the royalty that we are so that sums up my list of red flags that i know to run for the hills if i see these in a man won't touch them with a 10-foot pole 
get out of my face. I'll post a list of all these on my Instagram just so we can have these. You can refer to them. You can write them down in your little journal, tattoo them across your forehead, read them before you go on a date just to make sure this man isn't crusty. So follow along. I'd love to hear from you guys. Let me know what you think about this episode and I will record the green flag. So just let me know when you want that episode. But this has been this week's episode of BS with Bethany Simcoe. I will see you when I see you.